Hey, spookies. Um, it's Spooky Beach Gang once again, like it always is. You clicked on the name of the podcast. You already know that. You already know who it is. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting attitude today. Is it? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I'm Scott and I'm here with Crystal and I'm excited, Crystal. Um, why? Do you know why I'm excited? No. Because <laughs> Yes, you do. Because oh. SBG is, uh, is presenting a movie screening soon in a week and a bit. Oh, true. I did know that. Um, <laughs> yes, we're co-presenting with our buddies uh, at Static Vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a Goodbye Pink Flamingo Festival, which I don't really know if it's, is it going forever? Temporarily, I believe. I think there's more details to come. But um, okay. yeah, Pink Flamingo it's is very a mysterious. cinema in Marrickville. It's basically in a warehouse and they're going away. Cool. They play a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. So and st- so do Static Vision. Um, they love the weird stuff. So we're pre- co-presenting with them, the Devil's Uncut, on the eighteenth. I want to say of November. <laughs> on the 19th. Yeah. No, the nineteenth. The nineteenth <laughs> at four twenty. I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. I was like, that just works so perfectly for us. But yeah. Not for this so movie. If you want to. Oh yeah. Oh, this movie is maybe one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my so. God. Yeah, true. I agree. If you haven't seen it, if you have seen it, like, it's hard to watch. Yeah. Come watch it in a theatre with a bunch of people freaking out together. Maybe it will turn into an orgy. Yeah. Maybe we'll, or we'll get nude and shake our boobs around. Maybe. You just don't know what's going to fucking happen. It's such a crazy film. We're really excited to be there. We'll be there doing a little intro, whatever. Mm-hmm. So... You could come meet Buy us, find out what we look like, find out what we smell like. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, come check out our pheromones. <laughs> um, but mostly just come watch this movie because it's really cool. There's also a lot of other really cool films in the mm-hmm. program. So just check out the whole program. Goodbye, Pink, Pink Flamingo, the Static Vision Fest. Yeah, so you can go to and... goodbye.fest.sydney, which is – I've never seen a URL like that before. I don't know how they did that. It's kind of magical. Um, but yeah, goodbye.fest.sydney. And you know what I noticed today about it? If you are traveling like from outside of Sydney, you can buy a special pass to the whole festival at a discounted price of a hundred bucks. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. It's like the honor system and it says, don't be a toy. I don't know what a toy is because our friends at Static Vision use a lot of like slang. Um, yeah, but don't they're be a, a lot toy. cooler than us. Like yeah. toy, like T-O-Y? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> T-O-Y. Oh. Huh, I guess it's just like, don't be a buffoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I guess we'll see you all there. Yeah. So you can use that little code or whatever if you're coming from Italy, Japan, <laughs> wherever. That's some good foreshadowing. Um, but before we get into <laughs> that, is there anything you've seen lately that you want to talk about? Because I know that there's something that we both watched recently that we haven't talked about on the pod yet. What? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> it's a little film that uh recently kind of surfaced on Mubi um called There's Nothing Out There or I guess you would say it There's Nothing Out There cuz it's got an exclamation point. No, I don't think it's got an exclamation point, but it's just like that's oh, kind it of doesn't That's the vibe. Uh that is the vibe. Um so I watched I was yeah, I was just browsing Mubi mm. and I saw that there was a little documentary about this movie. Oh, you watched the documentary. Just a short. Yeah, I watched the the short documentary that was like this movie like the people who made Scream 
stole this movie. Like, stole. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, why can't I talk today? Basically, the documentary is alleging that some man came up with this, or teenager, some made man. this, like, satirical, um, f- like, horror film. That's really meta, whatever. Yeah. And then he was like, he showed it to someone who happened to be like Wes Craven's son or something. And then many years later, Scream happened and he's like, whoa, that's my movie. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty intense claims to say that Scream stole your movie. So I was like, let me go watch it because I love Scream and I've never yeah. even heard of this. You do love Scream. Um, let me just say it's, it is my opinion as the jury that Scream is innocent. It was not stolen from this movie. There's nothing. There's nothing about this movie that's similar, except that maybe it's like vaguely satirical about like horror movie yeah. Uh, tropes. Yeah. But um, it's a not a very good movie. No offense. Um, no. It's like, and it it's also fun. it's not a serious film either. No. It's like very jokey. It's like it doesn't seem to care. So I'm watching it being like, well, I don't give a fuck. The people who turned up that day didn't care yeah. when they were shooting this scene. Why Why would I care however many years later? Yeah. Like, Scream's a really good movie and it's nothing at all like this movie. Yeah. When I was watching There's Nothing Out There, I was like, I look, I had a good time with it. I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm along for this ride. And the little meta moments are cute. But the monster looks like shit. Yeah. And the acting's not great. And I don't know, like, the the story, the thing about Scream is it also has a really good plot and characters. This movie does not have that. All it's got is jokes. And the jokes, yes. sometimes they're not that good. So Yeah. It feels like um, more like a Evil Dead kind of vibe, where yeah. it's just some kids having a good time making a fun movie, except that movie also was much more accomplished than this one. <laughs> yeah. I feel really mean, but. You know, if you're going to make a documentary and be like, they stole my movie, then, like, obviously you have to anticipate people are going to go watch this movie and they're going to be like, um. Yeah. And movies making that claim too. Movies always like, like, this is such a groundbreaking movie for these reasons. And I'm like, oh, all right, movie, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get you to bed, movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fuck off, movie. Just kidding. I like it. Guys, yeah, I love movie. But. It was interesting to get to see this film. Yeah. But um it's not. It's more it feels more like a it's like a spoof or like a um just like a little sketch or something. A sketch. Yeah, it should, it have, should been have been a sketch. Been a sketch. Yeah, it's SNL. Yeah, this meeting um. could have been a sketch. <laughs> Did you watch anything else recently? Um not that I particularly want to talk about. I've been watching a lot for our theme, so that can wait till uh until later. Did you watch anything you want to talk about? I I did watch a movie called There's Something Wrong with the Children, oh. which I think is pretty, like, fairly recent. Right. And I could tell what they were trying to do with the cinematography and the music and stuff. Like, it feels very modern, but mm-hmm. it just hits the mark, like, at every single point in the film. Right. Um, It was just terrible. And it looks <laughs> like it's going to be good. So I just don't want anyone else to get sucked into that trap. That's why I wanted to kind of make this little oh, this announcement. There's something wrong with the children. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> like, it's also, there are two evil kids in, like, the title, in, like, the, they're kind of, they're kind of in the movie the whole time. Right. It requires a lot of heavy lifting from these kids. <laughs> and I don't want to be rude to kids, but they are terrible actors. If you're, <laughs> if you're, 
to have two little kids carrying your film, firstly, think about that hard before you do it. And secondly, <laughs> find like a little Haley Joel Osment or whatever. Yeah. These kids sucked. I'm sure they're great kids, but like this isn't for them. Yeah. Uh, and that really threw off the whole thing. But that wasn't the only problem. The script is really bad and it's just, it, it's just, I don't know. I felt kind of embarrassed, embarrassed watching it. Mm-hmm. So would not recommend. Oh, fair enough. Um, I'm really excited about our theme today. Yeah, we should get into the theme. We've talked long enough. Okay. Much well, ado about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a little dance and then we'll talk about the theme. Thanks for dancing with us, Spookies, like you always do. Um, and if you're not dancing to the music, we know, um, just so you know. Um, Even if it, you're driving, you really got to get into it. You could pull over. You got to do what Cardi B says and pop that pussy while you drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pop that pussy while you work. Pop that pussy up in church. Um, yeah. So and a lot of these women did. <laughs> yes, they did. We are talking about... Nuns, naughty nuns. Yeah, nun exploitation. We, if you know us, you know that we love exploitation. Any and all exploitation. <laughs> yeah, what have we and done? We've done exploitation, shark exploitation. my favorite. True. Now we're on the nuns. If you've got a good exploitation that you want us to exploit for an episode, let us know. Yeah. Because we'll do it. I um, love to exploit. You know what? I had a real journey with this theme because I don't think I'd really watched many nun exploitation no, beforehand. And I started off, just so happened that the ones I watched in the beginning were fucking terrible. And I was really starting yeah. to think like, man, I shouldn't have suggested this theme. Yeah. I'm pretty like upset about having to watch all of these. And then by the end, I, I was just like, it was bangers, bangers after another. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm obsessed with non-sploitation. Are you going to go seek out some more non-sploitation movies? Because there's quite a few when I was researching, there are quite a few we didn't watch that are considered like essential non-sploitation movies like we didn't watch flavia the heretic or the sinful nuns of saint valentine's there's so fucking many for such a like weirdly short-lived little like filmic trend Mm. it's crazy how many there are um they were really mostly being made in the 70s uh from italy which is a really catholic country and there's some other examples. There was like a bit of a surge in Japan, which I read may have been a way to kind of criticize organized religion generally without being specific because oh. Japan's not really a Catholic country. So it was no. kind of like being able to have that cloak of like, well, we're actually talking about those crazies, so don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, fuck, what a rich and layered and interesting and exciting little weird subgenre of film. So you enjoyed this more than I, I was thinking a lot about last time we did a themed episode, it was the Giallo episode. And these are kind of like another facet of that like 70s Italian exploitation cinema. Um, so yeah, what do you, what do you think is the difference? And do you think non-exploitation is linked to horror like kind of inherently? I think 
Giallo film has women in a couple of side roles generally, or every now and then mm. they're allowed to be like a murderer <laughs> or a love interest. And it made me feel kind of bad about myself watching those. Oh, films. right. True. Yeah. Nunsploitation, it's obviously, it's all about women. Yeah. Every now and then a man comes in, men are always bad. It, these are like lifetime movies, but of the 70s. If a man arrives, that's bad news. Yeah. The nuns on their own, they've got their own little order. There's like the nun in charge. There's a lot of lesbianism. There's a lot of stuff that seems to be, there's a lot of like thematic um, representations of just like the injustices of a patriarchal structure and women kind of wanting to break free of these chains. Yeah, And that's something that just inherently you just don't have in Giallo or a lot of other types of exploitation film. No, yeah. Like when you think about exploitation film, you think of women not being treated very nicely generally. Um, But um, there's this quote from Bev Zalcock, who wrote Renegade Sisters, which is a study of the representation of girl gangs in cinema. And I do want to read the whole thing. Um, They write, as the bearers of a simmering, sometimes delinquent sexuality, these sisters are constantly on the precipice of revolt. And while ostensibly the image of the nuns serves as a measure of morality, her plight historically is also a measure of the misogyny underpinning patriarchal society. Um, So I guess... When you think about a nun, you're thinking about a woman who's kind of, she's in league with like patriarchal Catholicism because she's, you know, she's taken the vow and she's like, she's a good girl. But these movies invariably, these nuns aren't being good. They're not like sticking Mm -hmm. to their vows at all. Um, That's like the key trope of this genre is that the nuns, the vow doesn't matter that much. And I think that's what's so compelling for me about these films because the nuns are depicted as people, like very Mm. complex, flawed humans who have um, this kind of repressed sexuality just like bubbling up underneath the surface and who have designs for power and things that you don't normally see associated with nuns. But it makes sense because nuns do have this form of power. Like if you ask, I was not raised religious. I really have had no exposure to nuns. But I know that there's a lot of people who went to like schools that were where nuns were like the teachers or whatever. And they're scary. Like they're afraid of nuns because the nuns would be the ones who would discipline you and stuff. So there is a real power that women get to have in these positions that I think is often overlooked. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And I also think just like depicting sexuality at all in this context of like a convent, that's like a political subversive statement about sexuality in general. Like I feel like a lot of these films normalise sexuality and often aberrant sexuality and queerness and stuff um, just by having it present in that kind of environment. So many of these movies, though, the sexuality, I was thinking about this earlier, the sexuality is in pretty much every nun movie, even ones that aren't in nunsploitation, like if you watch um, Black Narcissus, the Powell and Pressburger movie um, from the 1940s, it's the like the burgeoning sexuality of these women that is always like the driving force of the plot. But um, it's, is it the sexuality itself or is it kind of the the atmosphere surrounding the that sexual agency that causes the the chaos and the um 
the the plot to move forward basically and the the um the conflict in these movies. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not the I it's mean- not the horny nuns themselves. It's the like it's the, everything around them. And it's kind of like the the unacceptance of these women's sexual urges is the key mm-hmm. of this. Yes. Anyway, I'm not making yes. any fucking sense. No, I agree <laughs> that it's like the the actual sexuality of the nuns isn't pathologized by the films. And that no. was what was so surprising to me. Um it's a I feel like a lot of these films, you wouldn't think it if you just look at them surface level because they feature so so many like very graphic depictions of nuns being tortured. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just the torture. Feel- I didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I feel like it's they're really sympathetic <coughs> to the nun characters, um, and it's it kind of gives you a way into these people who are normally seen as just this homogenous group, like all wearing the same clothes. i got to say, I don't have face blindness, but I have, like, whatever. You know how there's, like, people who are celiac and then there's just people who are gluten intolerant? I'm, like, <laughs> face blindness intolerant. I just, I'm yeah. not good with faces. And watching all these movies where they were all just I was nuns, like, which nun is that? I've got I no, no idea. I had no fucking clue. It was so hard. It was really stressful for me. And I can't even fucking see. It was, like, a whole situation. <laughs> um, but I did really, really love them. Do you think that self-flagellating is hot because I feel like it was really depicted as like this is fucking sexy in a lot of these well, movies. I don't know if if I'd say a lot of them. Um, definitely in um, uh, School of the Holy Beast, the Japanese uh, movie we watched, um, also known as The Transgressor, which, um, yeah, it's it really plays the women not only whipping themselves but whipping each other as it's like it's a sexy thing. I mean, that's this genre. This is what's called a pink film in Japan. So it's basically a sexploitation movie at the same time as being a nunsploitation movie. Um, I didn't find it sexy. Did you find it sexy? I was, I felt like I was being told that I should. Yes. And I felt like on some level, maybe it was often a stand in for like self pleasure. Um, even though it's kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, but we all know how that kind of gets blurry. Mm. Also, School of the Holy Beast. What a fucking incredible movie. <laughs> it was so good. It's from 1974, directed by Norifumi Suzuki. I lo- like one of the very opening things, like it's like these girls who are like young novice nuns, whatever, in this convent, and a couple of them are speaking out and hiding liquor and whatever, like being naughty. <laughs> and when one of them gets in trouble for like having, like try- sneakily drinking alcohol in the middle of the night, she just goes, man, being in a convent sucks. And from that moment, I was like, this is the movie for me. I knew I was going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting we're talking about this one first because you were just saying before that all these movies are very sympathetic to the nuns. And this one is not sympathetic to the nuns at all. I don't think to to the young to the older nuns that are like yeah doing like the younger women in the them. convent are basically like wayward teens. They're not really nuns. Yeah, like they're like in boarding school. But the, the older nuns and the well priests are always evil. We know that. And the the priests they're yes. baddies. Um, yes, there's a line in this. Oh Lord, why is it that men do such filthy things? I feel like that's such a dominant theme in a lot of these films. Oh yeah, totally. Men are fucking disgusting. That's the that's what nuns have to say. Um, 
But did I you think the nuns in this movie were like like sympathetic? Not all of them. Um, no, I mean they do some really <laughs> horrible, horrible things. Yeah, but I think it kind of ex- rather than just being like, oh, they're fucking evil and that's it. It kind of explores the human reasons that they behave that way mm. rather than being like, well, they're just, you know, none of these women are just like evil agency-less yeah. like brides of Christ. Yeah, they that's true. They all like are motivated. And yes. Yeah, and even in this one the nuns find that they're confronted by their own sexuality when one sees the nudie pictures and she's a bit titillated. <laughs> <laughs> she can't look away. <laughs> There's a scene in this with like there's like a, a like a rose like a whipping scene with yes. roses that is so fucking beautiful. This movie is really beautiful. Yeah. Um this critic Patrick Massius says that it is a blasphemous sermon of high camp and knowing literary intelligence. Trashy as it may sound, Suzuki's film is absolutely gorgeous to gaze upon. And it's That's weird true. because it basically is a porno, but it's Amazing. It's beautiful. And it also like predates Piss Christ, which really threw me for a loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I loved that scene. That was like so fucked up that it, it was just such a perverse scene where this woman is tied up and she's, sell- and a picture of Christ is put underneath her. And they're like, well, I guess you're going to have to either hold it in or you're going to have to piss on Jesus. Is that what you want to do? Yeah, they're like, like, if you piss on Jesus, that's proof that you're a witch. Yeah, Yeah, these nuns are so, like, they're such hypocrites. And I think that's, like, a really interesting part of this movie is that it's, like, they're so holier than thou, but they're so full of shit. Yes, and I think that's a, like, that's kind of part of all of these films, just, like, the hypocrisy of the church, Mm. the hypocrisy of these kind of regimes in general. Um I really liked, though, because lesbianism features so prominently in these movies because Mm, it's very similar to, like, the women in prison films. Like, really, if there's a bunch of women who are isolated together, there's going to be some lesbian scenes in the movies. But the letterboxed, like, synopsis for this film is, like, saying all this stuff that the girl has to deal with because she goes into the convent to find out what happened to her mom or whatever, which seems to also be a big thing with nuns. They love to find out what happened to their mom. But um, it says she also has to deal with a lecherous, uh, a lecherous archbishop and a lesbian mother superior. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's why not is the really letterbox a... synopsis, like, posit that as, like, ooh, another landmine? Yeah, <laughs> that's lesbian there for, like, superior. three seconds. And, and the lesbians are quite nice. <laughs> It's pretty weird. But anyway, I think this movie's great. I think you should go watch it. It's got a beautiful poster, beautiful cinematography. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really it is a crazy. crazy movie. This is like watch the perfect example of non-sploitation, I reckon. This is like one of yes. the, yeah, this is pure non-sploitation. Yeah. It's hot. And don't watch it on the train. <laughs> Did you watch it on the train? No, I watched one of these movies on the train. I'm really glad it wasn't this one. <laughs> I watched St. Agatha on the train. Oh, yeah, that's pretty, um, like, safe train which was viewing. Totally. It's St. Agatha from 2018, if we're jumping, like, way into, Let's like, do it. now. Um, it's basically girl interrupted. Like, it's that kind of vibe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's I haven't seen like girl a, interrupted, but. That's crazy. You need to watch that immediately. Sure. Um, Angie. 
Um, <laughs> so it's in some ways it's a it's a pretty standard kind of thriller like yeah it's got, it's got a nice trapped. southern gothic atmosphere that I really liked. It's set in rural Georgia in the nineteen fifties or something. You know who I wanted to see there? Kathy Bates. Don't you reckon she yeah have real Kathy in? Bates energy? <laughs> but it did have uh, what's it? Carolyn Hennessy. As the, the evil mother superior, giving one of the strangest performances I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. She was like, I don't know if she was pissed the whole time, but she was very strange. She was giving like Sharon Osbourne energy. Yeah, and, and just like laughing weirdly and mean mugging the camera. <laughs> yeah, very it's strange. a weird film because it doesn't really like directly impugn the church. Because, no, you because find they're not really out associated with the church. They're not really associated. So it's about this girl who is pregnant and unwed and escaping, like, the violence of her dad. And so she ends up in this little convent where they take in um, unwed teens or whatever, pregnant women. And obviously it's all kind of fucked up and whatever. But I guess the only comment about the church is that um, – the mother superior does say towards the end of the film that, you know, she's been kind of abandoned by her church. But they kind of leave her alone. Like, she just gets to still stay in the hectic place and do her thing where she's, like, selling women's babies forcefully. Um, but they kind of, they're not really that interested. And I think maybe that in itself is an indictment because it's kind of reflective of, that's like. That's what the, we know that's what the church does. Yeah, like, exactly. doesn't matter. <laughs> So maybe it's, you know, it's not very bold in the way that it's saying it, like a lot of these other movies, but it does feel like there's something critical there. Um, yeah. Also, this movie has a, a nun fight, <laughs> physical fight with nuns, great, and it's got a scene where somebody gets strangled to death with an umbilical cord. Yeah, I liked that scene. That was cool. This movie's yeah. a little bit unhinged, and I enjoyed that about it. It's a um, bit weird, but it's kind of like just works. Like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's fun. Like- I'll go you along on this ride. <laughs> you know what I've discovered about myself watching these? And I feel like you won't be surprised. I'm attracted to all the mother superiors. Oh, okay. Now I'm just trying That's to picture all the mother superiors. Definitely I can see why you'd be attracted to – are you attracted to the mother superior in Killer Nun? Wait, which one's the mother superior in Killer Nun? She's like 3,000 years old. Oh, well, maybe not that one. Um <laughs> But I'm very attracted to Sister Gertrude, played by Anita Ekberg, um, in yeah. Killer Nun. A Killer Nun is a five-star film. <laughs> Killer Nun, 1979, directed oh, by Jules. Oh, do you want to talk about St. Agatha more? So, yeah, I was just going to say, do you, I don't think St. Agatha really is exploitation. I don't think there's there's any exploitation there it's not, because it's not sexy enough. There's no boobies and stuff. <laughs> there's no boobies. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, it's nuns doing bad stuff. Yeah. There's, I feel like instead of the. I just don't think the they're really, naughty in the right way. They're not. I mean, I kind of think that she, like, this main bad nun. Yeah. She's the mother superior. She's kind of naughty in like a fun, modern way in that she's. That's true. And I think a lot of them do this where they're kind of like, they're disobeying their own laws and mm. rules and she's really motivated by like capitalism she's making money at one point she's like this isn't a charity that we're running here like, <laughs> like yes she's she wants the finer things you know she's got a little like box yeah. dye red haircut 
Um, (laughs) In that way, I think it's similar. I think it's a bit toothless. Like, it doesn't have the bite of the other films and it doesn't have... No, it's not subversive enough. It's not that subversive and it doesn't really have this, like, overt sexual energy. I think that's kind of... What takes the place of that is this pregnancy, which I feel like is kind of linked in a way. And it's almost like, okay, we're not going to show that bit, but we're just going to, the stand-in will be all these girls are pregnant and they're having their babies taken away from them. And that in itself is kind of like, almost like sexually Charged. like violent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think you're right in that it just doesn't, it doesn't commit to the bit. It's It still wants to be classy. <laughs> Yeah, unlike Killer Nun. You can't Nun. be. Unlike Killer Nun. <laughs> Killer Nun. Um, I really enjoyed Killer Nun. As soon as it started and all the nuns had like a full beat, I was like, <laughs> I'm into this. It reminded me of Real Housewives of Sydney when Janet says something about like, she couldn't have trailed on more makeup if she used a spatula. That's how these nuns showed up to the fucking hospital or whatever every yeah. day. Especially Sister Gertrude. <laughs> Sister Gertrude is such a fucking compelling character. She's just had brain surgery. Yeah, to remove and a tumor. They're, and they're all like, okay, you're good now. Get back to it. And she's like, mm, I actually feel kind of weird. Yeah, and as a hypochondriac, I really related to it. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Imagine having a fucking brain tumor removed and then just and then being like, all right, you're probably fine. It's mm. like, what? when is it? 1979. Um, we don't yeah. have great medicine. They've only but- been doing surgery for a couple of years at that point. <laughs> So fucking gross. And she's like, no, nah, I really don't feel that good. And they're like, mm, you're fine. Um, which is another big theme in these movies, people not being believed about being sick, which is like such a paranoia of mine. I'm me always too, worried that too. people won't believe. I've been quite ill lately. So I was like watching this. I was like, oh, fuck, Sister Gertrude, Imagine I got you. You would have had to go to work if you were Sister Gertrude. <laughs> um, the The film is shot. In this way, it's just so shaky. I don't know who's who's yeah. controlling the camera. I reckon they're distracted doing something else. Everyone's <laughs> probably smoking cigarettes. But it's incredible. It's This one really is camp. And this is the kind of movie yeah. that, like, you can't try it. You can't aim for where this has landed. You have to be – I don't know I don't know how you make a movie I like think, this. I think there's definitely some intention behind this movie because, well, the first thing that kind of struck me about this movie is casting Anita Ekberg in this movie because – it was like it, she was at the, in the twilight of her career. Let's be real, but she had been a major sex symbol in European art movies. She was in La Dolce Vita, and she was name checked by Bob Dylan in a song. Like she was a big fucking deal. And then just her ending up in this movie, and she's still sexy, and she's still like, and they really play up her sexuality in this. They knew what they were doing, yeah. and it's just interesting that they they chose an older woman to play this role because. Sister Gertrude's like she's she's horny, right? <laughs> and oh, totally. <laughs> and the the her sexuality in this movie is like very tenuously linked to the murders that are going on. It was almost kind of like two separate mm-hmm. issues. Um so I don't know if we should spoil how this movie ends. Um maybe if you don't want to hear it just skip ahead now. Yeah, skip ahead like I don't know 2 minutes or something. So <laughs> Okay, they're gone. Um, so in this movie, it turned. We think the whole time that Sister Gertrude is the killer. Like the movie heavily implies that Sister Gertrude is the killer, but then it's revealed that it's I think Sister Matthew who is mm-hmm. actually the killer because she's got a big lesbian crush on Sister Gertrude, and it's just interesting that 
she Sister Gertrude the whole way through was the naughty nun that well, you know, like you you recognize this archetype from watching all these movies. So you would think, sure, she's she's a bad girl. She's probably going to be the killer too. But she's kind of a victim herself. She's been gaslit and framed the whole time. So I was like, that creates a really interesting dimension to this movie's morality. And I'm like, like you said, it could not be intentional. It could just be like clumsy screenwriting. But um, yeah, what did you make of that? I think that is so fucking interesting. Like to have this character of Sister Gertrude stealing people's things and she's like addicted to opioids. She's, there's a scene where she smashes this old lady's teeth. Oh, I love and it goes scene. for a while. She's really smashing the teeth and the lady's <laughs> yeah. crying and it's intense. Like she's not she's not like a perfect victim or even a good victim. No. <laughs> um, but she's endearing. Like she I wanted to protect her. I loved her the same way that Sister Matthew loved her. <laughs> um yeah, me and too. it is very right. <laughs> Don't you just want to hang out with her? Yeah. <laughs> Go to the club, pick up a dude. Um I liked this letterboxed review that said, if you ever wanted to see a movie knowingly and consciously fully consumed by the hotness of its stars, you have come to the right place. <laughs> like, this movie knows that these two, Sister Gertrude and Sister Matthew, like, they're stars and we just <laughs> want to watch them walk around and have power and be and amazing. have no tops on. No, never a top. And <laughs> I love that Sister Gertrude. Like, it's just such an interesting storyline for her to kind of for what, like, what kind of gets destroyed through the movie is really her sense of self. Yeah. Her faith, but not so much in, like, a higher power, really just in, like, just her identity. Yeah. yeah. Um, Her tumour-free brain. So it's it's a really interesting movie. The way it ends is kind of sad and haunting. Um, I loved it. This was a video nasty. I don't think it's a nasty at all. No, it's not a nasty. Sweet. It does have some really, really good death scenes. Like, if that's the kind of thing you watch horror movies for is, like, the interesting kills, this one's got it in spades. I loved every kill in this movie. Um, Yes. And it's also just, like, visually a little bit interesting. Like, it's got some funny dream sequences. It's got um, images of her brain surgery and stuff. Like, Mm. it really just keeps you interested the whole way. Yeah, there are some parts that feel kind of, like, hallucinogenic. Yeah. And there's really good music, like, every... Italian horror movie of this time. Mm-hmm. I think if you take one thing away from this podcast, it should be go watch Killer Nun. Yeah, Killer Nun. We watched is- it on Tubi. It's on Tubi, it's right? On Tubi. There's so fucking many nun movies to Tubi. on Tubi. <laughs> I fucking love Tubi. Gets a <laughs> bad rap. Um, <laughs> we watched another movie on Tubi that you fucking hated. Wait, which, which one? Um, Dark Waters. From 1994. (laughs) Look, I didn't like this movie either, and honestly, it's not really a non-sploitation movie. But I don't know if you ever played, like, a point-and-click adventure game on the computer in the 90s. (laughs) Like, your character walks around and finds clues and little objects and, you know, use your inventory out of me. This movie is just that as a movie. That's true. So I was enjoying it for that reason. I was like... The atmosphere, yeah, the, yeah. Like, the little NPCs that you go to and they give you a little story and a mission. <laughs> yeah, they say the same thing four times, yeah. But this wow, movie... Wow, this movie fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it basically doesn't make any sense. And I was going to ask you, this is like a basically like a, one of those movies where we find out that the main character is like the spawn of a demon. What the fuck were the nuns doing there? They were completely irrelevant. Like, I don't know. I don't know. 
what anyone was doing here. Everyone, <laughs> everything was here just to look creepy or seem creepy, but there yeah. was no reason. Um, it was just kind of banking on that atmosphere, which I yeah. also hated, so it wasn't <laughs> good for me. I think you should watch The Wicker Man. Don't watch this. Um, yeah. I don't know. There was a couple of cool lines, like, when she was talking to that old lady trying to find her mum. Always with the mums. Yeah, They have a real mum issue. Um, and she, the old lady's like, oh, she's fucking dead or whatever. And she's like, <laughs> what the hell? And then later she's like, she says that she's not dead. And she's like, well, you said she was dead. And this old lady's like, she would be if she'd ever been born. I was like, what it's the like, fuck does that mean? <laughs> it's funny, but it's like so self-important and doesn't actually mean anything at all. I don't know. Yeah. I really didn't like this. And I was shocked that it was made in 1993 because I could have sworn this was like early 80s maybe? Yeah. It Late looks 70s? like it was shot on, on digital video though. It's fucking terrible and it's so dark. It's just not fun. Like you don't want to be there. Mm. That's the thing. It's not fun and nunsploitations are always a little bit fun. You got to get a bit titillated. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be a bit grossed out. And just seeing someone eat a fish, that's not – that's shocking. We don't need to see it several times in the fucking movie. I hate sashimi like, all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I feel like, I don't know. I just really hated it. Yeah. I hated it. This was one of the early ones where I was like, oh, no, I'm going to hate this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had one that I absolutely hated, which you didn't mind, I don't think, which was, um, what's it called? The Devil and the Nun, 1970. The Nun and the Devil. The Nun and the Devil, 1973. Um, so when I was watching this particular movie, um, this is a really interesting one for me because I was watching this and I was like, I feel like the nuns are really infantilized and it's kind of like, I think it, I felt like it was playing was it in this movie, the church basically, I don't, I can't fucking remember. There's some plot about, they want some, some valuable land. And so they want to install this particular woman as the, the mother superior. So she's got to do some schemes, right? In the, um, in the abbey. And I was like, I, I don't really care about all that. Um, but, but then in the end, all the nuns end up getting tortured. And those scenes, I was like, the, the torture scenes feel a bit sexual and like they're kind of geared to a male gaze. And the sex scenes in this movie felt the same to me as well. Especially there's a, a lesbian sex scene where there's like taking stockings off very slowly and some licking up the legs and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't think that this is very sort of positive towards these women. But then I read an article by James Newton, I think, um, who said that this movie is actually very feminist. Um, it's about like, like what we were talking about right at the beginning about like women striving for freedom. Um, yeah, I didn't get that from it, but there's many ways you could read it, I guess. So what did you make of it? It's interesting because I felt like the inclusion of, like, the queerness in this film was interesting because it wasn't really – it didn't feel like a plot point so much. Mm. Um, it wasn't, like, evidence of, like, the devil or whatever. It just kind of felt, like, very normalised. Um, okay. And also, like, it fed into this whole power play that the whole film is about, which I liked. Um, I kind of – like, I, I kind of understand that angle of it being a feminist film in that it is so critical of the, the hypocrisy of the church yeah. and the power structures. And I think it's kind of, it's sad that, like, you see these hierarchies where there are women who have worked their way up to be, like, a mother superior kind of figure, 
who are in charge of like a, a huge organization like a convent or a hospital or a school and other women are differential to them. But mm-hmm. all it takes is for some random dickhead man to come into the picture and suddenly they have no agency, they have no power. Yeah. And I I just am like I wonder what that dichotomy must feel like for these women who mm-hmm. are, you know, experienced and older and wise to have to be received in these two very different ways. Like it must just be so difficult to accept. And I feel like this movie really depicted that because these nuns aren't like, oh, well, just do whatever. Like we're here to yeah, do the Lord's true. work. <laughs> <laughs> they have really strong opinions. And towards the end of the film when I think it's um, Sister Julia is like being tortured and has to die and she's kind of impugning the church. and Yeah. She says that the laws of the church are inhuman and that has made her inhuman and that, you know, she seized the only chance for affection that she had. And, like, it's just, I feel like it's very bold. Like, the beginning of this film feels like you are in school and you took a sick day and it's 12 o'clock and this is the film that's playing on (laughs) free-to-air. But then it ramps up to something that feels kind of like, yeah, very kind of radical and really challenging that status quo. Um, Yeah, I think I got off on the wrong foot with this movie and then I kind of like, yeah, I didn't let it do its thing. I mean, I can see that though because it was like, it's very slow. Like it's really slow. (laughs) Um, There's like little moments here and there that are interesting. Sister Kiara in the beginning is sick and she asks to leave and she's denied that and they tell her like, oh, well, you should just go do some embroidery. Like (laughs) keep busy. We've ordered you to do heaps of embroidery. That'll make you feel better. Um, And that's literally what I'm always worried about. Like I'm so worried that someone's going to be like, no, you're not actually sick. Um, and That's I liked fucked up this that they part. can stop you from leaving. Oh, totally. Why would anyone yes. become a nun? Watching this movie, I was like, why would you do that? I don't get it. Oh, and every time we see someone become a nun in these movies, it's always because of some reason, like, they ha- are escaping something or they have no fucking mm. options or they're tricked or whatever. It's never like, I just love Jesus, um, which is really interesting as well. And, yeah, the cr- the death scene at the end is fucking crazy. Um, but I just think it's interesting to see these, like, non-power struggles. And I liked that they said it was based on authentic documents from the 16th century. Very Robert Eggers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, there's a line at one point where this guy's saying, like, oh, he has to, he's, you know, engaged to be married and he's going to meet the girl that he's going to marry the day before the wedding. And the sister says, well, she must be very ugly, like, if they're leaving <laughs> it till that, lo- that like, la- last minute. Um, there's little moments in this movie that feel kind of fun, like yeah. an exploitation movie, but it is, it's not in the same vein. And I only gave it two stars. Yeah. Well, I gave it none. You gave it no stars? <laughs> yeah, that was a pun. Oh. <laughs> we watched um, a, a very new nun movie, um, which is, like, well past the era of non-sploitation, which we both hated. So we could talk about that next, if you want. Sister Death. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which is a prequel to Veronica. Have you seen Veronica? Yeah, I didn't like it. Me neither. I thought it was shit. (laughs) I had the same experience with this movie where I think, oh, this looks like it's going to be good. And then it's like, this fucking sucks. This movie tricks you because, like, the visuals are quite nice and it just feels very competent. And then you're like... 
oh, I'm just so bored. I'm yes. so sick. This is a ghost story with nuns. I'm so sick of ghosts that kind of like put on a little show for you and they're not dangerous. They're not trying to do anything. They're just like, look at this spooky shit. Look, look. Isn't this scary? It's like, <laughs> that's so not scary. Like, it's so obvious to me watching these movies. Like, the idea of a ghost is like, it's so, like so kind of unknowable and unnameable and it would just be like, like something you would sense, right? <laughs> In these movies, it's so obvious that what the ghost is doing is something that the screenwriter has thought was spooky. And I'm like, that's not what a ghost would do. That's just my yes, issue. Totally. And you know what else I'm sick of? I'm sick of a ghost being like, sorry I scared you for the last hour and a half. I just really want help. Um <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like getting some closure from when I was alive. Like, what the fuck is this stir of echoes? And also, <laughs> oh, I hate that movie too. At what cost? Because why did, okay, spoilers for Sister Death, because it just came out. Why the fuck did the little girl have to die in this woman's quest to like <laughs> be reunited with her dead fucking daughter yeah. or whatever? Like, why did you kill an innocent girl? You should, you of all people, of all ghosts, should know how horrible and evil that is. <laughs> yes, exactly. And another thing about this movie, especially if we're talking about in the context of non-sploitation, we've like we've already talked extensively about the fact that non-sploitation movies are like sex positive for women in in a way in like a complex way. But anyway, this movie uses a woman's sexual assault as like a way to move the plot forward and it's like character development for other characters. Mm. And that really didn't sit well with me. It's kind of like, yeah, you've got this woman you're supposed to be sympathetic for, but literally her only defining trait is that she was a victim of sexual assault. Yes, that's true. That's her whole character, even though she's there the whole time and it's like about her. That's fucked up. Also, the music doesn't ever fit what's happening. Nothing in the movie makes sense. <laughs> I didn't really notice was, the music. <laughs> the music the whole time, I was like, what is this? Um, I was, I thought it was going to be good because it was directed by the person who made Wreck, and that's really good. Oh, that's and why it got I know really, the name. It got good reviews too, which is so confusing because it's so formulaic. It feels like, yeah, we all know this. Like it feels like a horror movie for people who don't watch horror movies. Yeah, um, and that could explain it's why like it's a, getting good reviews from like that's mainstream true. publications. I was in the beginning I had high hopes yeah. because the main character sister Narcissa her character is so compelling so she as a child was considered a holy girl because she had a vision of the virgin mary and she lived in this really like religious community and so she was put on this pedestal and now as an adult she's kind of unsure in her faith and she doesn't know if she can live up to the expectations that have been put on her from this thing that happened to her when she was a little kid mm. and this thing that she claimed when she was a kid and she doesn't even know if she really saw the Virgin Mary. Like, she's just de- having this crisis of faith. And yeah. I thought that that was so interesting to see a character like that who was proclaimed to be this, like, holy, sacred child. What what does that look like to grow up with that on your shoulders but you're actually a person? And then it did nothing with that. It was no, like, anyway, let's do a mystery. To the story. Yeah, like what the fuck? That yeah. really <laughs> the scariest part of this whole movie was like her being forced to eat like multiple pastries. Yeah, that was really bizarre. I know. It's like just don't eat them. Like that's literally the extent of how scary. And like that's the stakes of this film, except for the one little girl who died for no reason. Yeah, that was rude. the stakes are you might have to eat pastries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so it's kind of like um, uh, this is a pretty mixed bag. Like you got to know what you what you're getting in for when you watch a non-exploitation movie, right? It's you're getting it's, in for depictions of any kind of fervor. Really into fervor. <laughs> I fasting. hate fervor. So much fasting. Yeah. Um. Always eavesdropping. Nuns <laughs> listen to everything. I've learned so much about nuns from these movies. I'm assuming you, they're really accurate. <laughs> they must be. What did you learn about nuns from the devils? Oh, my God. We've got to talk about the, the devils. devils. Okay. It's genuinely, so I think, one of the best movies ever made. Let's not go into it too deep because... Yeah, because we want you to go you, watch it. Yeah, come watch it with us. Go to the website, buy the tickets, come watch it. <laughs> It'll be more fun altogether. Yeah. But the devils is really, I think so you're right, good. one of the best movies ever made. Um, 1971. Everything about it is fun. Every single moment, there's a hundred things happening on screen, and your <laughs> eyes are like this. Yeah. Also, Vanessa Redgrave is maybe the greatest actress who's ever lived. She's making choices in this movie. Yeah. Bold, bold choices. She is the best part of this movie. She's so wonderful physically, and the way she delivers her lines, she's like the most magnetic presence amongst totally. all this chaos. Yes. I feel like this movie, like it's often read as. And I, it is a story about, you know, what, like the dark side of society and the dark side of humanity and what happens when people use something like organized religion mm. or the state to enact these darkest parts of themselves and as kind of this unjust story of what happened to Oliver Reed's character. But also the way I read it was kind of like, a precursor to John Tucker must die because <laughs> <laughs> because is that because, because everyone wants to fuck what what's his name um, Grandier Grandier well I get it because like look at him but everyone wants to fuck Grandier and also he's such a fuck boy we start the movie with him like. He's fucking around. He's getting people pregnant. He's telling people he loves them. Then he's like, just fuck off. At one point <laughs> early in the movie, he says, like, to this woman who he's impregnated, who's in love with him, and he told her that he loved her. He, She's like, please help me. And, she, and he says, how can I help you? Feel my hand. It's like touching the dead, isn't it? And you know what? I know this man. <laughs> Everyone out there who dates men has dated this man at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. And so watching it with that feeling inside of you, you kind of are like, yeah, get him. Fucking get him. And, like, the fact that so much of what happens to him is motivated by these nuns who are, like, he's exploiting our, like, repressed sexuality mm. and he's making us feel things and then he's fucking getting married secretly in the church. Let's fuck him. Yeah, I love that every every kind of, like, faction in this movie is both like playing people and getting played. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. There are so many moving parts. It is yes. so complex and real. Like that's what makes it feel like a huge movie when yeah. it's not that long. If this was made now, I feel like it'd be like three and a half hours long. Yeah. Yeah. It's a normal runtime for a movie, but there is so much in it and it's so rich. Yeah. Also, it starts out with Vanessa Redgrave saying, <laughs> the, one of the craziest line deliveries I've ever heard in my life. Yes, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Satan is ever ready to seduce us with sensual delights. And then she does this maniacal laugh. She's nuts. <laughs> that line just touched me in a way that, like, you could have delivered that totally different 
and it wouldn't have meant anything. Yeah. But I understood this woman. She's yeah. always in this weird little underground cage, just watching other people have this life that she desires, and then she's whacking herself with stuff. She's furiously <laughs> masturbating. From now on, I'm only ever going to refer to masturbation as purging your own devils. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that bit at the end. What did, what did she say? I don't remember. Right at the end, she says she's purging her own devils, and then she says she, she says refers to herself as a bitch. Yeah, she says the devils say that they can stand up to the church, but they can't stand up to this bitch. At that <laughs> so point, good. we should have had a title card. <laughs> We're going to have a spin-off about her. Like, <laughs> that was one of the coolest things that's ever happened on film. And I feel like if it was Oliver Reed's character who said that, people would be talking about it more. Oh, yeah, 100%. This movie was banned in Italy, and she, she and Oliver Reed were threatened with apparently three years in prison if they went to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like it was really historically, like, like meticulously researched, which is terrifying because it's But at so the same horrible. time, it is very kind of playful and abstract. It's got production designed by the great queer filmmaker Derek Jarman, and it just looks amazing in every single frame. It just has these very odd set pieces with like it was is it louis the what are the louis the king of france mm. he's just shooting people who are wearing bird costumes for some reason yes and you're just like be- okay it, it's so beautiful it looks like a play yeah it's kind of alice in wonderlandy um it was publicly condemned by the vatican which is like not that surprising and very widely <laughs> censored which is why you should come and watch the uncut version yeah i've never seen the uncut version flamingos um also, the way that exorcism is portrayed in this movie is my favourite way it's ever been portrayed, and now I kind of want one. Like, <laughs> they're, they're kind of, they're orgiastic. Like, yeah. it was, it looked like a really great time. I also like, there's just little moments of humour all throughout it, which is also really makes it a non-sploitation movie too because it's fucking fun and it's having fun with really, really dark subject matter. Yeah. Um, there's a part where in this whole exorcism scene they get, um, the sister to vomit and then they're like the doctors are like analyzing the vomit and they're like that slimy substance could only be semen and then the guy's like and what's that and he's like that's a carrot <laughs> <laughs> yeah this movie is so good it's so it's so good speaking of the set design at one point they have these huge gigantic like jurassic park style doors and they're just like a cross that opens in the middle it's fucking beautiful yeah, I, I wonder how much it costs because it it just feels expensive and like it's, it feels like a labor of love in every single way. Like it's kind well, of a travesty it's, that it's been so hard to see for so long. Totally, it's weird to me that it's a Warner Brothers movie. Like when it <laughs> opened with that, I was like, wait, and then everything that came after—that's insane to me. It's also got a really beautiful score. Yeah, the, the score's nuns, kind of like a free jazz moment. Which yes. doesn't make any sense with like thematically, but it just works. Yes. And actually, I like how the nuns stick together in all of these movies, really. Like there's obviously some hierarchical kind of issues, but the nun that you share a room with, that's your fucking ride or die. That's what I've learned. But um I liked the line in this about the nuns that um Oliver Reed's character says, which is they give themselves to God, but something remains which wishes to be given to man. And I feel like that also underpins a lot of these films. Yeah, like, that's kind of like the crux of the whole thing is you can't yes. just give yourself to God. Yes, you, need to you can't just stuff. repress sexuality mm. in this way. 
Um, and also not just sexuality, but just freedom and agency in general. And the, the fact that all these movies stress that suffering is like the duty of these nuns. Yeah, and it's it's like kind of toxic. Like I remember, I think it was in Killer Nun, the Mother Superior is like, the life of a nun is to suffer. Yes, because- which I think you can extrapolate out to, to just women in general. That's kind yeah. of society's attitude to women in general and i think a lot of things a lot of things that affect women these nun movies are kind of like a little microcosm or kind of like a zooming in on those issues yeah that's a really interesting way of looking at it because you're kind of looking at the expectations of womanhood taken to the absolute logical extreme mm. um which is and yeah i was looking at like marriage and the church yeah. like you know these nuns are marrying god or Jesus, and I feel like in that way the church is kind of like it's just like another example of the nuclear family and like the way that marriage kind of traps women. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, how come there's no like monk exploitation? Like, how come the we're not seeing like monks going a bit crazy? That is so interesting, and I feel like the, the answer has to be to do with gender. Yeah, totally. That's, like, the only thing it could be. But you know that there would definitely be monks having sex with each other. Oh, totally. We're just not but interested. But I feel like, you know, it, becoming a monk feels like more of a choice than oh. becoming a nun. It's kind of like, you know, you know, women of, like, my grandmother's age often would kind of in some way be coerced to marry because they don't have any other options and the other options are more limiting than marrying some dude. Right. And I feel like that's similar with these nuns. They always seem to be like, well, this is kind of the best option I have. I get to eat soup and, I don't know, read books. Um, Whereas I feel like men don't have those same kinds of restriction on their agency and so they kind of... No, that's true. They can make decisions about their lives that aren't, as kind of constricted by the circumstances, generally. Yeah. Yeah, becoming a monk and would never be, like, something you would do out of, you know, to escape something, like a lot of these yeah, women doing this. because you got pregnant or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> I just love how these movies, like, I didn't expect this. I was like, yeah, these are going to be hot nuns and, like, they're getting whipped or whatever, which, that's true, that's yeah. there. But there's more... But- there's more. You're exposing the corruption and injustices of the church, and you're also kind of exposing how irrational the patriarchal structure is because these men are fucking dickheads and these women have their shit together. So yeah. it just, you feel, because you're in that convent with them, when the archbishop or whatever arrives, you feel that injustice of like, hey, but we've, we know what's going on here. Like, who the fuck are you to tell us what to do? Mm. But also they have to be kind of reverent. That was like an impassioned speech at the end of the movie. <laughs> I love these movies. I love them. I love non-exploitation. I don't know what real nuns are like, but if you have any, if you're a nun and you're listening <laughs> to this, let us know. Like, are nuns allowed to listen to podcasts? Not They're in not any Amish. of these movies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe. maybe. I don't see why not. None maybe of these movies were set in the present day, so how would we know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, I guess nuns can do anything these days. Like nuns go to KFC. Nuns can do anything they set their mind to. 
I see him out and about. I see him <laughs> yeah. hiking and stuff. Have you seen the video of the nuns at like the EDM music festival? They're like, no. like Bass Hunter or someone is playing a set at the nuns. Oh my God. Can we post that? We'll post that yeah, on we'll Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so go to there. And if you want to watch The Devils as you your absolutely first should foray, watch come watch it with us at Pink Flamingo. Like this is definitely a good movie to watch in a crowd. Yeah, true. The reactions are going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially the uncut. I don't know what's in the uncut bits, but it must be pretty full on. So, yeah, considering what's in the cut movie. <laughs> yeah. So we'll um, see. Do you have anything else to say about nunsploitation? Uh, I got nothing else to say about nunsploitation. Just that I don't get nuns, but you know, like you said, sometimes it was the best option. So. I get them in the way that I get lesbian separatists <laughs> during second wave feminism. I'm like, okay, it didn't really work out, but I, you had a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about lesbian separatists in a long time. <laughs> Blast from the past. I can't believe you didn't think about them watching these movies. No, no, it just didn't occur to me. Um, <laughs> all right, well, um, that's Nunsploitation. And, yeah, like we said, you should come down to Pink Flamingo Cinema in Marrickville on the 19th of November. Um, go to goodbye.fest.sydney to buy some tickets and you'll see our name and logo there, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, then you can come see us. And I don't know, do you want to hug Crystal? What do you mean? From the, what do you from mean? the spookies. Oh, yeah, sure. I will take a high five. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Or just a passing Boundaries. <laughs> um, I will take if you have some kind of rose whip or umbilical cord. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You bring your umbilical cord. You- EYO. You. Um See. I'm going to go purge my own devils. Oh. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> from after watching all these movies. I'm going to go say my Vespers or some shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, right. thanks, everyone, for listening. Go to our um, Instagram if you want to see that non-EDM video. Yeah, it'll be there. Gang. Um, and stay spooky. Stay spooky, everyone. And go join a convent if you feel like it. Why not? Okay. Bye. Bye.